This is KYUK Public Radio for the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. I'm Sage Smiley. On Friday, the Kuskokwim Ice Road crew confirmed that travel was safe from the tundra villages of Kasigaluk and Nunapachuk down the Johnson River and up the Kuskokwim River all the way to Kalskag. However, they still urged travelers to prepare for the worst. Safe passage has also been confirmed from Kalskag further upriver to Aniak. While bitter cold weather at the end of January was just what the Kuskokwim Ice Road crew needed to establish and mark more than 200 miles of river roads, crew leader Mark Leary says the work of maintaining the ice road has been constant amid the recent warm weather and intermittent snowstorms. These crazy little storms we've been having, they just blow through for a couple hours and mess up everything. And then it gets good again. <laughs> Ice Road crew members logged another long day at the river last Friday, working in highly variable weather. Four graders, four plow trucks, and five support trucks addressed areas with drifting snow and standing water, both of which can present serious safety risks for travelers. The 10-person crew was ultimately able to split up and ensure safe passage from the Tundra Villages to Kalskag. It's Friday. There's just kids and basketball teams moving all over the river. That's why we work so hard to get everything open, even though it's a losing battle sometimes. The plow truck just met two suburbans full of school kids headed for a ball game in the Pakiak. That same day, the native village of Kalskag confirmed that the road from Kalskag further upriver to Aniak was also safe for travel. However, Leary says that unusually warm weather led to hazardous levels of standing water further upriver near the village of Crooked Creek. They're more east of us, you know, getting that anchorage weather where it was in the 40s and rainy. Even when it comes to areas downriver that appear to be safe, Leary stressed that strong winds are quickly replenishing recent plowed snowdrifts and that all travelers should leave fully prepared to wait for help in case they break down or find themselves stuck. Regional mushers took a team member along for a race over rivers, sloughs, and trails to Kuithluk during the February 50s doubles race over the weekend. Here's a report. Pushing through deep snow and strong winds, Mike Williams Jr. and his son Cole finished first in this year's February 50s doubles race on February 24th. Second place team Darren George and Jed Nose finished 10 minutes later, and another 10 minutes after them, Robert Charles Jr. and Peyton Lott took third place. As the teams trotted to the finish, friends and family gathered around to congratulate the two-person teams. The doubles is unique among the races put on by the Cuscoquim 300 committee. Instead of the usual lone musher, each team consists of up to 12 dogs and two mushers. Mushers can either ride on the same sled or drag two sleds. In total, 10 teams ran this year's February 50s doubles race. As the top finisher, Williams Jr. took home $3,700. He also wins points in the five-race Delta Championship Series. The current series leader, Raymond Alexi, didn't run the doubles this year, and neither did a team representing his kennel. That puts several other local teams within striking distance of the Delta Championship Series title, including third-place finisher Darren George, who's just two points behind Alexi in the series with one race to go. The last race in the second annual Delta Championship Series is the Campout Race, scheduled for March 16th and 17th. In Bethel, I'm Sage Smiley.
The Bethel Lady Warriors and Warriors varsity teams played their last regular games of the season this weekend. The Lady Warriors hosted the Gnome Belts Junior Senior High School Nanooks at home in Bethel while the Warriors traveled to play the Nanooks on their turf. On Friday, the Lady Warriors started off strong in the first quarter, 16-2 over the Lady Nanooks, and maintained their lead through the game to win 51-26. Up in Nome on Friday night, the Warrior boys ended the first quarter four points behind the Nanooks and couldn't catch up. The Warriors lost Friday's game 50-69. In Bethel on Saturday, the Lady Warriors came back to notch another win, holding the Lady Nanooks to just three points in the third quarter and winning the game 48-21. As of Sunday night, the Bethel Warriors' Saturday score against the Nome Nanooks hadn't been reported. The Bethel Warriors and Lady Warriors have next weekend off from competition, while the 1A Coastal Conference Championships take place at Bethel Regional High School. The 3A Regional Championships are scheduled for March 7th through 9th in Utkiaglik. In other statewide news, 2022 Iditarod champion Brett Sass has been disqualified from this year's race. According to a one-sentence release issued late Thursday night, the Iditarod Trail Committee Board convened a special meeting and voted unanimously to disqualify Sass from competing in the 2024 race. It says the decision is pursuant to Rule 53, which states that Iditarod mushers must be held to a high standard of personal and professional conduct. An Alaska court record search for SAS shows three long-closed non-criminal cases. SAS was the second musher in a week to be disqualified from the Iditarod. The board issued a brief statement last week announcing the disqualification of 2023 Rookie of the Year Eddie Burke Jr., also citing the conduct rule. Burke was facing assault charges related to a 2022 domestic violence incident, but court records show those charges were dropped by the prosecution late last week and the Iditarod announced it had reinstated Burke. A message to 2024 Iditarod mushers prior to last week's disqualification actions said the ITC board had been informed of a number of accusations being made concerning violence and abuse against women, but at the time it did not name any mushers. In a Facebook post, Sass said that the anonymous accusations are false. He also shared a statement he says he sent to the Iditarod board and said the accusations have been fabricated to try and ruin his reputation and end his career and that he intends to fight them. In other statewide news, federal education officials say Alaska owes millions in state funding to Juneau, Kenai, and North Slope schools. As KTOO's Katie Anastas reports, district leaders are waiting to find out what's next. The American Rescue Plan Act gave billions of dollars in emergency assistance to schools during the pandemic. But that money came with conditions. States were not allowed to disproportionately lower the amount of funding they gave to their highest-need districts. In December, the U.S. Department of Education sent a letter to the Alaska Department of Education and Early Development, or DEED. 
It says state funding fell short in the 2021-2022 school year by more than $5 million for the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District, $2.5 million for the Juneau School District, and $190,000 for the North Slope School District. The letter says Alaska could resolve the issue by making additional payments to those districts. Kenai Peninsula Borough School District Superintendent Clayton Holland hasn't heard anything from Deed about the letter. His district is facing a $13 million deficit for the next fiscal year. So we have been trying to figure out what this means for us as a district. Um, the amount on there shows over $5 million. That would be a, a huge thing for our district to receive as we're in these you know, challenging financial times. The Juno School District is also in challenging financial times, facing a $9.7 million deficit next year. Superintendent Frank Hauser says he hasn't heard from Deed either. Some people are probably going to be saying, you know, hey, that's potentially $2.5 million coming back to the district. And I, while I, I see that, I really would urge extreme caution at this early date about adding this amount to the revenue columns for the districts mentioned in here because we just need to hear from the state first and see the response of the U.S. Department of Education. Federal officials told Deed that they had 30 days to submit a plan describing whether, when, and how they'd make supplemental payments. On Thursday, a U.S. Department of Education spokesperson said they haven't gotten a formal response. Alaska Education Commissioner Dina Bishop did not respond to an interview request. With help from Riley Board in Kenai, I'm Katie Anastas in Juneau. This is KYUK News. I'm Sage Smiley. Koyana for listening. Please share your news tips, comments, or suggestions. You can email us at news at kyuk.org or message us on Facebook. And stay tuned for Yuchtun Galamchit coming up. <laughs>